Welcome into the whole show, powered by Chevron. We are live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. Glad you could be with us here today. I'm Brady Hall. We've got Angel on the other side of the bulletproof glass, ready for what should be a pretty fun Thursday. I know last night didn't go the way uh, Rams fans wanted it to go, as Colorado State lost to New Mexico. Close game, fun game, um, strange game at times. We had these little lapses of scoring from both teams, but I mean, in the pit, tough place to play. The Rams have struggled on the road all season. And you come out of there losing 68-66 to with a chance to tie it or, or hit the game winner at the end of this thing. And uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. And Neat Clifford tried to take a game-winning three, just a little short. And the Rams lost this one. Six lead changes in the last minute. I felt like the Twitter world, the X world last night, it wasn't just Rams people and Mount West people watching this game and getting excited about it. This was a college basketball thing. Like people were tuned into this game. This was a a big, big game for a lot of people because these are two teams that uh, I think, obviously, we expect to be dancing and we expect to maybe make some noise in uh, in March Madness. New Mexico needed this one more than CSU needed it. The way I kind of viewed it anyway, this wasn't the must-win game or anything like that for CSU. I would say now they turn their attention to UNLV, and that now that becomes a significant game for them. CSU should be in. They should be dancing. And I think with New Mexico's win over CSU now, splitting the two-game series between the two, uh, they should be in as well. First advantage text line, 888-530-0043. I'll get into more details on that game. Kevin Lytle going to join me from the Fort Collins, Colorado, and who was at that game last night in the pit in New Mexico. It's unfortunate. Nico Medved likes to do this, um, you know, when they win on the road, he goes and buys them treats and stuff. They go to, like, a gas station. They do that thing, and they take a picture, and it's always kind of a cool thing. Well, they've only got to do that once in the Mount West play. So I, I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, why haven't we seen? Oh, that's right. That's a road thing. Um, poll question of the day, and it's just kind of, Following up from our discussion yesterday, Angel, about the college football playoffs, how it's confirmed, it's now going to be five and seven. Five highest-ranked conference champs are getting in, and then uh, the seven kind of next-ranked teams will be getting in, which I think is really weird if you think about it, because like Notre Dame, I, I didn't think about this yesterday, but Notre Dame not being in a conference, they could be undefeated, nationally ranked number one, and still not get the uh, the first round by, isn't that crazy? Well, that's that's your own fault though. That's what happens if you want if you want to be an independent because you like all the money from your TV stuff. Uh, you don't get the perks that conference teams do. So tough cookies, Notre Dame. I mean, they'd probably prefer to play a home game because at highest they would be the fifth, uh, sixth seed, which still you still get to host a playoff game. Yeah, but so. the the first four get a first round by, right? Yes. So they'll never get that. So, yeah, that's just the way it's going to go. Um, I do think, though, Angel, like the next five years, like we talked about, this will be huge for the group of five. If you can prove that you belong in the playoffs, and I'm not, I'm not even saying you got to win every game or every year, but you got to prove that you belong at least. Because if you don't, I can see a couple of things happen. The next step, I think, would be college football playoff committee reconvenes and says, yeah, we can't keep having first-round blowouts. We can't keep having Georgia and SMU, or whatever that is, 
and it's a 20-plus point game, 30-point game. And so I could see them saying, yeah, let's uh, let's change it. We got four prominent conferences. Let's go four and eight at that point. I mean, that could be the next step. Then ultimately, we've talked about it, the the big next step would ultimately say, we just want. And that's what it would be anyway. If you if you essentially go four and eight, chances of a group of five team cracking that top twenty five cracking that top uh twelve is gonna be very difficult. So that's that could be where it heads anyway. But we've talked about it before where you could ultimately just see we got two big divisions. And it's the SEC mixed in, whatever, Big Ten, Big Twelve all mixed in, and we just split them up. And it's the AFC and the NFC. That, to me, is a little extreme. But it does feel like that could be the case in 10 years. And I, that's why I think this is your opportunity, if you're a group of five school, to show that you belong and this is the way to do it. You know, Let's give a, a group of five school a chance to get in every year. And if they can represent and have a good showing, then I would imagine you keep going with this model. But they're going to keep tweaking this thing until they get it, until they get it right, and they, they're certainly not going to put up with a given blowout every single year. And that's the big flaw with my whole, you know, everybody gets a conference champion. Well, the fear is that all those group of five champs are nowhere near the talent level, which is true of those of the of the big four, of the you know the power four now. So I, I it's going to be to me it's must see just to. Like that's why I'm excited about it. Obviously, I'm excited because you're it's playoffs. You're going to get great matchups, but you're also going to get one kind of underdog story to try to prove that they belong, and then that will further. I mean, so much is going to be riding on a Liberty or an SMU or a Boise State or whatever. So much will be riding on those teams, where a group of five schools will be ultimately rooting for that school because that's what's going to give the committee the confidence. To keep rolling as is. But it's, it, hey, we'll get our first test run next year. Or this coming year. It's official. First Advantage text line, 888-530-0043. Angel, let's hit the good, the bad, the ugly. Presented by FMS Bank. Banking made simple. For more, go to fmsbank.com slash kfka. The good for me is we got uh, the Nuggets are back in action. All-star break is over, and Denver's going up against Washington tonight. Yeah, excited, excited, excited about that. I think it's it's go time, Angel. I, I feel as a fan, as a host, I'm reinvigorated. I'm ready to go. Okay, 36-19. and 19. Fine. Kind of what you needed to do to get to this stage. You're at, You're in fourth right now. Now the test comes. Because you're a championship team. You didn't sleepwalk through the first half of the season or anything like that. But maybe you didn't always have your best nights. Now it's time. This is the final push for the playoffs. Get your best seed. Get that home court advantage. I think we're going to learn a lot about the Denver Nuggets. Probably in the next two weeks. If they're ready to go. Yeah, that's been a lot of the talk out of practices this week. Um, just a refocused mindset. That was kind of what we were thinking going into the break. Yeah. We just, this, this team needed a chance to just take a take their minds off of it, get refocused. Um, and I think their best basketball is still in front of them. I think so. That's I, I really think so. 
Michael Malone said, hey, practice was intense. Getting everybody back. They weren't, there was a different feel. There was that, maybe that nervousness of a, hey, we're the champs now. No more, no more screwing around. Nobody else thinks we are. No, we everyone's writing them off now. Yeah, everyone's writing them off. You know, you got Boston getting a lot of the praise right now. Jason Tatum talking about being the new face of the NBA, which is, he's one of them. But I don't. LeBron is gone. There's no. Well, it's. I mean, again, the fa- the best player in the league is Nikola Jokic, but I know he won't be the face of the, of the NBA. It's stupid. A wholesome father that loves to spend time with horses is a phenomenal story that the NBA media just just can't do it, man. They just it's like they're rooting against it almost. It's just wild to me. So I want to get into that more. Bad is the. CSU loss, it's not that bad. I I thought New Mexico would win. I was actually impressed that CSU battled back. I mean, New Mexico started out the gates 13-0 run. And then CSU kept fighting back. They ultimately get the lead. The lead changed six times in that last minute. So I was impressed that the Rams kept fighting back. I thought when New Mexico got up by eight, it was cooked. It was over. But the Rams ended up taking the lead a couple of times late in the ball game. You saw some good things. The ugly, though, was the final sequence, I suppose. Um, Dent just decides to take it coast to coast. Nobody's playing defense on him. CSU's up at that point by one. Dent takes it, and he gets an easy layup and one. Here is that sequence. And then, of course, the the out-of-bounds pass to Neek Clifford, well, they got it in, got it to Neat Clifford. He missed the three. Game over. Rough sequence. Down one. Dent in the lane. Left hand is fouled. He scores. It counts. Stevens can't get loose. It's Scott. Clifford for the win. On short. New Mexico holds on. Yeah, New Mexico holds on. That final defensive play for CSU. It looked like Jalen Lake lost his footing and kind of stumbled almost. So I don't know. Obviously, that that had an impact. Dent goes in kind of unchallenged, but eesh, I don't I don't know what the thought process was there. I've watched a lot of New Mexico basketball, and I've seen a lot of times where they say Donovan Dent take the ball, go make magic. He's an he's a tremendous finisher. And so him going coast to coast like that, you would have liked to see CSU challenge him in the paint and maybe force New Mexico to have to run a play, but not the case. They get the ball across half court, call timeout. Patino is mad because he thinks Joel Scott's toe is out of bounds, but they called it before his left foot went down. I don't know. And so they're able to get across half court set up. And everyone's like, how, how does the ball not go to Isaiah Stevens' hands in that final play? That's what everybody's thinking, though. You know, that's what New Mexico's thinking. That's what the entire pit was thinking, that this ball's probably going to go to Isaiah Stevens. So they get out, find uh, find Neek. Who, it wasn't a bad look. It wasn't a bad look. In fact, I tweeted right before the play. I said, I have a feeling it's going to be a Neek Clifford game winner here. So close, Angel, to being a wizard. So close. But what can you say about uh, that performance? I thought it was a gutsy performance. It wasn't perfect. There were just absolute lapses. I mean, it looked like there was a lid on the ball. 
CSU was 6 of 20 from the three-point line. Honestly, New Mexico, they were 5 of 15. So, I mean, New Mexico had their moments, too. And again, when they got up to like an eight-point lead, it, it was just New Mexico couldn't score. So CSU slowly kept climbing back into this one. It was a good performance. I I don't know where I am with these teams, man. They're so it's not confusing. You know they're good, but how good are they? Cuz you got a bunch of good teams that are just now beating each other up on a nightly basis. And I I I think the Rams are getting in. I think New Mexico's getting in. I think Utah State's getting in. Probably San Diego State's getting in. Uh, Boise State's probably getting in. The question is like Nevada and UNLV. UNLV has a huge opportunity going up against CSU this weekend. If they can win that game, you got to wonder what that does for their for their March Madness resume. It's crazy though that like I think Tanner brought it up on Good Morning NoCo the the fact that Colorado State is um, twenty and seven, twenty and seven, and they're. 22nd as of right now in the in the rankings it just goes to show you the respect i think that the powers that be have for the mount west and i I, you saw it last night so many national sports people that i follow were glued to this game last night so there's a lot of respect there for this for this uh conference and it's so much fun i've loved it for so long this year this year has been weird though it's just there's no front runner you know, Utah State is 10-4 and four in the conference. There's still a lot that's going to happen that has to happen before we find out who's going to win the regular season title because Boise State's right behind them at 9-4. and four. And then New Mexico getting that pretty much... That was a must-win for New Mexico if, if they want to win the regular season title. I would imagine now... Well, it's still close, but I would imagine now... The chances of CSU winning that regular season title are out. There's four games remaining. It's not out of the question but they're because they're two games out. But you would need a lot of things to happen. You know, you need you need a lot of these teams to lose that are in front of you because you don't control that destiny anymore because you don't play Utah State again. And you did beat them. That helps. You're done with the Boise State series. You're done with New Mexico. Um, you're done with San Diego State. CSU split with all these teams, haven't they? Isn't that crazy? Because they 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 beat New Mexico to start conference play, lost to Utah State, lost to Boise State. Then they bounced back after the Wyoming debacle, and they beat San Diego State, and they beat Boise State, and they beat Utah State. So this is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like what Kevin drew up. Win at home and... Steal one or two on the road, and right now it's one. The Rams have two more opportunities on the road to improve that road record at UNLV this weekend, uh, this Saturday, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. And then their final game of the regular season is March 9th. It's an afternoon game at Air Force. They should win on paper. They should probably win three of the next four. And I think they have a good chance to beat UNLV, but again, it's on the road. So you should finish the regular season with a 23-win mark. Maybe you win out and go 24. I would imagine that's where it's going to be. And then maybe you just go get some insurance and win in your first round in the Mount West. But CSU, as good as they are, 
Isn't that nuts that they're set? What are they? One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh? They're seventh in the conference as far as where their standings sit. Yet they were ranked 22. It is a wild, wild conference. First advantage text line 888-530-0043. Uh, Big Hub texting in on the playoff thing. While this playoffs news is good, it's still a long road for non-Power 5 teams to get to the championship, which could, which could beat them up before playing uh, like a Georgia or something. Well, and that's, I guess, am I being weird here, Angel? Like, I'm not even envisioning championships or anything like that for, for a group of five. I'm just like, get in, have a good showing, first year, two, three, and then maybe things get better. I, I still think that that's going to be a recruiting tool. I think the... The Mount West type conferences are going to be able to go to those recruits, and and I've said it a million times. They're going to be able to go to them and say, "Hey, look what SMU did last year. They got in, they lost in overtime to Michigan. I don't know, just putting stuff out there into the universe. That's a recruiting tool. You come here, we can get a shot to go compete. We can compete, and you're going to get a shot early, rather than go compete with four other guys for a number one spot. You'd come here and be that guy. Yeah, it's just you know." The reality is all of this is determined by money and TV ratings. So if three of the four first-round matchups are all super competitive, lots of people are watching, the stadiums are full, you know, you're playing in Bryant-Denny and in Georgia or Ohio State, Clemson, wherever, these massive, you know, meccas of college football, and then you turn on the fourth game and it's, oh, this is so this is Troy, this is SMU, this is James Madison, it's like, Okay, let's see how they do. Oh, it's twenty-one to six at halftime. Eh, yeah, I'm probably gonna find something else to watch. Now twenty-one six, I'm still kind of like, okay, one score. Oh, sure. Do they get the ball at halftime? You know, but then if it gets quickly uh, bad after that, so the pressure will be on. Group of five, no doubt. But I'm not even thinking of like championships. I I don't I don't know if that could happen. <laughs> I like I I I can see a group of five school upsetting. A team in the top 25, but I can't really see them pulling off an upset against the cream of the crop. Like those four four through like 10, 9-ish range, I, don't, I just don't see it happening on a regular basis. Well, I'd be interested to see if group of five teams start moving to improve their strength of schedules. Rather than we're going to play all group of five teams to we're going to play two or three power five teams, power four teams and try to improve your record there. Yeah, you might you're, you're risking those losses which could knock you out of the top 25 rankings, but if eventually down the line you even out and you can actually get better, then you have a better resume. Well, and you we do know that that goes into it is how they how you played against those. It's not just the win-loss. That's why you see college great teams run up the score because they want to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And cover those spreads, not that they're thinking of spreads. But if they're supposed to win by 30, they want to be at least beating a team by 20. So if you're, if, you're a, if you're a group of five school and you're scheduling a tougher opponent for the first three games of the season, or first three out of four, if you can have a good showing, then that will still that would be something they'd weigh. You had a good showing in your first three games against really tough schools, and then you ran the table the rest of the way. That might That could be enough to... To really turn some heads and move you up in the rankings. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, the next four or five years, I don't know what the current contract is for the playoff committee for this five plus seven thing. They usually do it in like 
four or five year increments of contracts. So we'll see. But college football changes a lot on a year end basis. Oh, I think it's it's again five years. We're going to find out if they're going to keep doing this because you you know it's going to happen. SMU gets out there, goes up against Notre Dame, whatever. No, it wouldn't be that. It'd be yeah, it could be yeah. Um, they're they're playing a Texas or an Oregon or yeah. a Missouri or a, a Clemson, something like that. You get blown out thirty eight to to ten. You know what the X universe is going to do? Oh, this is ridiculous, man. We're watching this crap. We got to fix this. We need Notre Dame needs to be playing Oregon, not Notre Dame and SMU or whatever. That that's yeah, what we need to fix. It's the Cinderella story that no one wants to read. Right, unless they give you a reason sure. to want to read that. Oh my gosh, it's halftime. I haven't been watching, but did you see SMU is tied 21-21 with with Michigan right now? Holy crap. Tuning in. Um Eastside Chris Brady, can you give me a NCAA playoff team selected for dummies? Sounds like March Madness picks. It's it is the top 5 <laughs> yeah. conference champions yep. that would be SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, and then won the highest-ranked Group of Five conference champion. Yes. The next seven spots are, according to the committee, wild cards, at-large bids. The the next best-ranked teams. Yes. Wherever they are. That's not, hey, you were a conference runner-up, you get an automatic bid. No. It's just, and are you, you there? And you could be, again, this is like the NFL, you could be a better ranked team than the group of five ranked champion, but if you didn't, if you're not a champion, it doesn't, it doesn't like it's not going to give them a spot over that champ. There is a guaranteed spot for a group of five champ. Yeah, let's say Georgia Bama meet in the SEC championship. LSU is sitting in third with their only loss to Alabama. Yep. More than likely, all three of those teams get it. Yes. Just because they're all ranked, they're all going to be ranked in the top twenty or so. Yeah. So basically, what you need to know is there's five. There's going to be five conference champs in the playoffs. Five of them. Four. It's a give me a gimme that it's going to be the SECs and the the Power Four. Those are going to be in. They're going to get a first round bye. Then it's going to be the next best ranked champ in that spot, and then they get in. They host a playoff game first round. Sure, you could have a an upset in the Big Twelve. Maybe Oklahoma State wins the Big Twelve at ten and two, and then you still have Texas and Oklahoma each with one or two losses. There, all three are probably still getting it. Yeah, it's a pretty safe bet to go. Only one Group of Five school is getting into the so playoffs. The top four seeds having a bye. It's not a guarantee that all four of those teams are going to be undefeated or with one loss. No, you could have a potential three loss conference champion because they pulled off an upset in their game yeah you win your con you win your conference like that's we're putting a lot of focus on that right now that's the most the most focus we've ever put on it will be now which i like i love that um but yeah odds are it's just going to be one group of five school in all right 29 minutes after the hour we're going to take a quick break kevin lytle going to join us in a moment it's the whole show powered by chevron on northern colorado's voice 103.1 at 1310 kfka
Bulls and the Rams have two of the best college basketball players in the country. Will they be enough to lead their teams to the big dance? For all things NOCO sports, keep it here on 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. This is Ellison Hubbard, former CSU Ram, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Yeah, I've got a new sense of, like, excitement about the Nuggets right now. Because, Angel, I think after you win a title, not, I'm speaking like we won a title, you know, but you're just kind of like, okay, great. Now the regular season, how am I supposed to get amped up for 82 games when I just four months before that witnessed the historic run by the Nuggets? So you got to wonder. They're human, too, man. You got to wonder if that's in their brain as well. Sure, they're I the mean, ones that have to play and get out there and do this stuff. Yeah, with 27 games left, you know, you know the finite number there. You know that this team can play better than they've probably did going into the stretch, and that's not to forget the good games they've had in the regular season. Right, but but it's just not. The it's same. now okay. Now's the time. Now is when we start this playoff push. And Malone said, "Hey, we don't we don't really want the one seed." Yes, you do. Yeah, they, they do. absolutely do. They and they're not going to say it, but they absolutely want it. They want it. They need it. Yeah, you like that they are. Taking this break as a good refresher, coming back focused, ready to get back to that championship basketball. And it's fun for us because we're like, let's go. Yeah, now we're it's excited. Now it's time. You know, for the longest time, it was like a regular season. Every game was so important. Now it's just, just get in. Just get in there. Get the best spot. But we're ramping it up. All right, 35 minutes after the hour. Thanks to Lemons Heating and Cooling for being one of our key sponsors here. It's a little chilly today. Maybe that, uh, you know, when your heater's not rolling well, these days offer a sad reminder of just how crappy your heating system is. Lemons Heating and Cooling will make it not so crappy. Call them. 970-567-0798 or go online, lemonsheatingandcooling.com. Kevin Lytle, Fort Collins, Colorado, and our Rams insider. Coming up next, first, let's get the latest on the local sports flash. This is Nico Medved, the men's basketball coach of the Colorado State Rams. And you're listening to The Hall Show on 1310 KFKA. We got Kevin Lytle coming up here in just a second. Big hub. On the text line, so they won't go off uh, by the top 25 rankings, or they would? Yes, they would. They would go off the top 25 in these this new college football playoffs. From the committee. From the committee, right. Not the not the AP poll and coaches poll and the North Pole. Kevin Lytle joining us now. I don't think he's in the North Pole. Our Colorado State Rams insider from the, from the Coloradoan. Rams lose a tough one last night at the pit. Kevin, you were there. Uh, I had a, a couple of people that I knew actually, was, a friend of mine said his son was there and said that that was one of the loudest it's been uh, perhaps all year, maybe in a long time. It was a crazy environment. Yeah, it really was. Uh, to me, the pit is number one in the Mountain West. Uh, you know, it's it's a pretty good debate because there's some really good atmospheres in the league, but I think the pit's the best. And yeah, it was really good, especially at the end. Just a frantic, chaotic, manic finish to that game and um, you know, in a lot of ways, honestly, it was kind of an odd, choppy game for most of it. But, you know, we're not going to remember that. We're all going to remember the final minute 
which was just incredible. Oh, it really was. I mean, you had a it was tied up 30-30 at the half. Um, I really, you know, got a lot of respect for how CSU kept fighting back. New Mexico jumps out the gates, 13-0 run. And then ultimately you get to the end of this thing and CSU's right there. We had what, six, seven lead changes in the final minute or so. And I thought CSU might be able to hold on to this thing, but um they they get the lead, Kevin. They get the one point lead. And then Donovan Dent just goes down pretty much coast to coast, gets a layup. It looked like from our, my from my vantage point on my couch, Kevin, that Jalen Lake kind of stumbled there on that final defensive possession for CSU. Yep, absolutely. That's spot on what happened. Uh, Dent has done this now three times where it's, you know, they honestly look very similar of a cutting, zagging drive. You know, obviously that's what he's really, really good at. And yeah, he had Lake backpedaling, of course, and, and Lake, yeah, just kind of stumbled a little bit, wobbled off balance. And obviously that small a window, Donovan Dent, you know, is going to just exploit that. Um, and CSU had the, the defense was set to, you know, kind of wall him off, like coaches say, of, you know, Lake was the primary defender, but then you were going to build a wall there about the three-point line with Joel Scott coming over. And they were there, but not there, if that makes sense. Like, in position, but there was an opening. Uh, Scott, I think, was a little worried to leave too far from his man, and that, and, and that combined with the Lake stumble, you know, created that opening. He just got through, so... Um, you know, it's one of those, you know, both teams have a say. CSU had defense, I think, made sense, um, but didn't perfectly execute it. And, you know, Donovan Dent has a say, too, and, and he sure made a play like he does. So he's a phenomenal finish, and you knew it would come down to just who made one stop in the final minute. And, uh, you know, after that, CSU had an out-bounds play, but pretty small window of timing, and New Mexico was able to make it a, a tough shot. And, um yeah, CSU loses. It's just a, a crazy finish of, yeah, like you say, one that for a, a bit there at the end, I thought CSU was going to steal. I, I did too. And, and again, I didn't walk away from that one. You know, Kevin, you know me. I get a little gloomy and doomy sometimes. But that was one. Didn't expect the Rams to win necessarily. Didn't think they absolutely needed to. So I was just impressed with the effort. And, and do you think that if Lake doesn't stumble there, uh, I mean, again, I've seen. I've seen Dent finish amongst the trees in so many different games, so he's pretty, he might he might be able to get that up there. But you know, Lake stumbling just made it a pretty much a wide open layup. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, the what if game. It's hard to say because there are a lot of different things that could happen. One, Lake or uh, excuse me, Dent still could have cut through because, like you say, uh, he's you know become one of the best players in the Mountain West by doing that. So. Just if you're there doesn't mean he, you know, it's a guaranteed stop. And then two, foul is possible. You know, it could have been a lot like, I think, the possession before when Isaiah Stevens tried to, to drive through and he kind of got tripped up and got to the line. So, you know, it, it's easy to say, oh man, you know, if they kind of keep their footing there, they shut him down. But, you know, that, that's far from a guarantee as well. So, uh, who knows what could happen, but Donovan didn't, like I say, he creates some of those problems. Well, and, and going to the last offensive possession, too, for CSU. I mean, I'm seeing it. Everyone's like, why does Stevens not have the ball? I'm hearing it on the broadcast. Well, that's the thing, Kevin. You, me, everybody in there, Uncle Larry at the game, everybody's saying the ball should be going to Isaiah Stevens. So that's easier said than done, especially when everybody in the arena knows who the ball should theoretically go to. So the Rams, you know, that that, that wasn't where they went. Neat Clifford ended up getting it. 
close shot, rough night of shooting for him, but you know what? You had an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I asked Nico Medved about that, of course, and he said, yeah, I mean, obviously having a ball in Zay's hands is you know, one of the options, but yeah, he said exactly that. Yeah. New Mexico, you know, they've seen the tape, too. They're, they're kind of aware of that, and Jalen House is one of the you know, premier defenders in the nation. He was going to deny, um, and so with that little time, you know, I think if maybe it were, say, three and a half seconds, you would have seen CSU maybe try inbound, run Stevens off several screens and get him the ball, but, you know, with 2.8 or 7, whatever it was, you just didn't have much time. You had time for basically one action, and so if Stevens isn't immediately open for the inbounds, which, again, of course, New Mexico is going to shade their whole defense to prevent that, then, you know, you, you have to have the other option. Basically, it was throw it into Joel Scott. The first look was to pass off for a three because the mindset was kind of win it here, which I think makes sense. You don't really want another five minutes at the pit. That, that swings toward New Mexico. Um, but if Scott didn't like the pass, he could have, you know, done a quick turn and try and go one one. Got it to Clifford, and, you know, I wrote this day. It's easy for you know, me to say in hindsight, um, you know, as a, a five eight guy who a, a garbage can could block a shot of. <laughs> Clifford probably should have gone straight up. Uh, Nellie Joseph was on him and had a slight stumble where, you know, especially if Clifford's length, he probably would have been able to rise over him. But, again, that's, you know, an inbounds play with 2.8 seconds left, that's a, a small percent chance for success, and, it was an okay look. I'm not sure if it was off on time or not, but it doesn't matter. It missed. So, you know, it, it, everyone focuses on, on the last play naturally, but, you know, there were other ones before that decided they, they ran a, you know, an okay play and just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, and again, you got to admire the effort. Tough place to play. CSU has struggled on the road um, all season specifically in the Mountain West. And as you said, that's the toughest place to play. And the Rams had a a chance. They had an opportunity with a few seconds left to try to win that game or whatever. Uh, I was impressed with a couple of different guys. Obviously, Isaiah Stevens, surprise, 20 points, 9 assists. I mean, some of his his moves, some of the finishing moves he has, it's absolutely unreal. But Patrick Cartier came up pretty big. I think he had five key points that ultimately gave CSU. He had 11 points total, but there was like five or six, Kevin, in that final stretch. He hits a key three, gets a key layup. Um, I liked seeing that. Joel Scott getting a double-double. I think this was his, was this his first double-double as a Ram? 18 points and 13 boards. It might have been, but yeah, those guys that you all highlighted, um, they're, they're the ones I highlighted as well. Uh, Stevens had, he did have a few turnovers and there were a couple early in the second half that were, um, I want to say casual because that, that suggests a lack of, you know, care, which obviously isn't him. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe trying to be a, a little too cute on, on a couple things, but then he really, you know, New Mexico is sitting there at kind of seven to nine point lead, and that's a real danger zone in the pit. I mean, a couple possessions, and you can all of a sudden be out of it. And Stevens, all of a sudden, he just went into kill mode and and really dragged the Rams back into. He was very good against, like I said earlier, a, a really good perimeter defender. And then, yeah, Joel Scott was really good throughout. He again, he kind of set the tone early, attacking the paint. Um, that is becoming in a lot of ways the calling card of this team of you know the three point shooting is kind of streaky but we're going to be volleyball inside and they do it well CSU's top 10 in the nation in two point percentage and, and Joel Scott is you know being a key part of that 
And then, yeah, Pat Cardiac, it's one of those, you know, you look at the stats, you go, well, what do you mean? Um, but I thought it was really impressive for how the game went. He, you know, he missed a lot. He, he had some looks at the rim they should have finished. He was, you know, a poor, frustrating night. I think at one point late on, he was one for eight. But he still has the mental focus and gumption to step up. He scored seven straight, including that three-pointer in the final, like, minute half. Um, you know, to, to potentially give CSU a win. So, you know, it, it's basketball, as Nico Medved loves to say, you know, you're not going to make your shots every night. And and Pat Cartier just really stuck with it and came up big. So I'm with you. Like, it's it can stick with you of, man, what a huge opportunity that was and how big would that have been on the seed line for NCAA. But, man, there's a lot of good that CSU did, too, in, in the fight back there. So, Overall, if you know, if I'm a CSU fan, I'm I'm not I'm really bummed today, but not deterred. Yeah, well, and now they they got to go back on the road again. You know, UNLV coming up next this weekend. We're rounding out the schedule. Important games for CSU, but I think we all feel pretty confident at this point that uh, the Rams are in. New Mexico getting that win probably puts them in. But now it's about you know insurance at this stage. And I don't know, Kevin, UNLV, Nevada, Wyoming, Air Force. Is it fair to say CSU should probably win three out of the last four? Or what are your thoughts there with the Nevada game being at home? Yeah, I think three is probably a minimum you would want. And, you know, frankly, I think you hope for a, a sweep of that. Uh, the next two are really tricky. I mean, they're in a way, they're all tricky. But UNLV, obviously, we know what UNLV is. On their day, they can be really good. On their not day, they can be really bad. CSU did win with a huge Stevens game last year down in Vegas, but generally the Rams don't play great um, at the Thomas and Mac. So that's a tricky game. Nevada will be very desperate because they're kind of lingering at the bubble. Uh, so that's a dangerous one. But yeah, if you're, you know, CSU, I, I agree with you. I think Rams need to get you know, at least three of these. All right, Kevin, we'll let you go, man. We got Rams Weekly coming up, a half hour version. We have a big UNC game on tap tonight on KFKA, but we'll look forward to catching up with you later today at 5 o'clock. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Safe travels. Kevin Lytle of the Colorado. And well, again, Rams Weekly coming up at 5. We'll lead you right into the pregame for the uh, UNC game tonight. They're rounding out their season as well. They have some pretty big ones on tap the next four or five games or so. 11.51. Let's take a quick break. It's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. You like podcasts? We podcast every show immediately after it airs at 1310kfka.com or wherever you download your favorite stuff. Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Hey, this is Ellison Hubbard, a former CSU Ram, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This kind of feels like things are, are heating up, man. This Mountain West race is absolutely insane. Nuggets back at it tonight. Got the Avs going tonight as well. Should be a fun Thursday night. UNC Bears with a big one tonight. because It's a big one because you'd like to have this win and be going up against Eastern Washington on Saturday, Angel, with a chance to pull within one game of the Eagles. 
if you can if you can win two in a row. If the Bears can win two in a row. Regular season champ is not out of the question yet for Northern Colorado. No, it certainly isn't. It feels like there's a big upset in the big sky every week, and the Bears are, have been fairly good at home this year. I think they've lost two, maybe three games at home this year. Yeah, that, that, they haven't done a whole lot of losing at home. So that's been that's been great for them. And again, we go back to since that CU game, this team has really gelled. They've lost, what, four games since the CU loss? They lost to Montana State. They lost to Eastern Washington. Lost to Portland State. Um Three games, three losses, four losses. Sorry, yeah, that is four. All right, uh, second hour coming up. We got the top story of the day. Get your controllers ready. We'll be right back.